ladies and gentlemen, this is Tad Stones of the Disney Afternoon, and I love the great, big, beautiful tomorrow. No, wait, that's not the name of it. Beautiful podcast. Did I get that right? Every day at 7:30 and do the best I can. This goes to the gym and stay strong. Great. So we're both fairly strong. And we're, you know, we're in good shape. If we weren't good, if we weren't in good shape. This wouldn't be happening. Yeah. Because we wouldn't want to do it otherwise. We yeah. are hands-on, and uh, that's the way it goes with us. Here are your hosts, Jamie Green and Justin Connors. Welcome to the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at the GBB Podcast, Facebook.com slash the GBB Podcast, and wherever you found us today. I don't know, Google Play, iTunes, random internet site that makes ads pop up so you can I, listen I to love, it. I love that we start every episode like that. Like, yeah, wherever you found us. And like then we start talking about like how we don't understand the internet and how old we are. <laughs> yeah, we should do it every week. <laughs> what kids. we do is what I'm saying. Yeah, let's like, do it. We'll, we'll continue it. Why not, right? You know, I heard, the, I heard the other day that people that use Facebook now are old, and I felt old. At that point. We are old. We are old. <laughs> Only old people use Facebook. That's why the kids aren't using it, because their parents use it. Right. You don't want to be you don't want to be the same place that your parents are. <laughs> That's like going to a party that you think is really cool and then like showing up and finding like your dad standing next to the keg. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be at that party. <laughs> and that's what Facebook is now. It's it's where all the old people are hanging out. This is social media chat. <laughs> we're going to do it every week. Oh, we're my God. Continue. We're old. Yeah. All right. So this week. Uh, we're interviewing some legends, and I'm going to admit this because I'm I'm honest. I, I admit anything. When Jamie told me that this interview was coming up, he he said, "Well, you know, are you familiar with them?" And I'm from Canada, New Slack, and not that they wasn't they weren't shown here on TV, but I mean they may have been, but it's not something that I ever have seen or knew. <laughs> Don't well, tell me. I, ironically, we were just talking about being old. Um, right. You have two excuses. One, you're Canadian. Right. Yeah. Um, which is like your excuse for everything, yes, right? Yes, it is, yeah. But also, you are, I don't want to say considerably, but you're several years younger than me. Yes. So you missed the prime time for this. Even I missed most of it. So okay. most of the shows that Sid and Marty Croft are most well known for were on TV in like the early, mid, kind of, some of them were the late 70s. Okay. They did have some through the 80s, and you know there were a lot of reruns and everything. But much of the first run shows that they were most well known for today and most fondly remembered for were on in the 70s. So even I missed most of them. But you, right. like, you're like 70s. What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I was born in 84. So <laughs> yeah. So I guess you kind of have. 
um, a little bit. Of, hey, a little I know, bit I know who Mr. Rogers is, so that counts. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, so Sid and Marty Croft. Um, that this and I, again, I'm going to be a little bit honest. This was not that I I didn't know who they were because I absolutely knew who they were, but they weren't really on my list of of people that I was going to reach out to in the near future for the show. Um, they actually came our way. And when you get an email in your inbox saying, are you interested in talking to Sid and Marty Croft? You don't say no. Right. Uh, that's an opportunity you jump on. So obviously I jumped on it and um, I had the chance to talk to them. And uh, it was just fascinating because these guys are, Sid is 87, I believe, and Marty is 79. So they're, um, they're getting up there in age uh, but they're not slowing down. You know, they're still working. They still have shows on the air. They still have shows in production that they haven't even announced yet. They're they're mining their back catalog to reboot, remake, re-envision some of the the most um, beloved shows. Right. Um, it's, you know, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters is coming back on Amazon Prime. They just had Electra Woman and Dinah Girl, which was uh, remade a couple of years ago. And it's, you can get it now on iTunes and wherever. Again, sounding old. Wherever you find your videos online. Um, <laughs> but you know, they've got a show on Nickelodeon that's targeting, you know, really young kids. And it's just it's fascinating to watch these guys because they're not slowing down and they have no interest in slowing down. Mm-hmm. They just don't want to retire. You know, well, they. they that that reminds me, my grand I was my grandfather came over one time. He's eighty six years old, and he's he was down on the floor playing with Isaac, my son, and you know he's not he would never know he's eighty six. He looks like he's like seventy, and yeah. he told me his number one regret was retiring at seventy five. Really, <laughs> that was his number one regret. He wishes he was still working. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm it's, gonna guess that it's, it's weird. It's weird for us, you know, we're like, yeah. are you kidding me? I'm going to retire yeah. as soon as I can. But when you when you have a career that has touched so many people like mm-hmm. the Crofts have, you know, and like what they say is that, you know, why would we want to retire? Because then we're just sitting around doing nothing. Right. You know, we're just sitting around wasting away, waiting to die. You know, that's kind of how they look at it. So they're like, we might as well just keep working. We might as well just keep doing what we do and doing what we know how to do well and you know, bringing joy and entertainment to people, you know, rather than just sitting around and taking up space. Well, and, you know, it's amazing that there's still room for them in the landscape, like being, you know, being yeah. the age they are, often things become irrelevant and they don't yeah. want it on anymore, but they're still doing it. <laughs> well, it's fascinating. I mean, number one, they're legends, but that right. doesn't really mean anything. You're right, because it, the the entertainment industry will just chew you up and spit you out. Um, but what they've done is they found a way to survive. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're whereas, you know, in the 70s and 80s, they were really reliant on the networks. They right. had to pitch their shows and the networks had to buy them and then they had to create them. And then they were, you know, subject to whatever the networks wanted to do with them. Um, they found a way to adapt, which is amazing. You know, so like I said, they've got, you know, just three new shows um, within the last year or so. They've got more coming. But each of those shows was distributed in a different way. You know, one was standard cable. It's on Nickelodeon. One is coming out through Amazon Prime. One was released on another digital um, download site and is now available through iTunes. So they found this way to take advantage of the current, you know, um, entertainment environment, I guess, and in how to make shows and how to distribute shows. And, 
you know, they're not letting their age be a barrier by any means. Man, that's that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So we're gonna go and we're gonna play that interview for you right now. Hope you enjoy. I just wanted to first of all just say thank you guys for for talking. Uh, it's an absolute honor to to have you guys both on the show and to talk to you. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having us. If you send the check, I'll give you my address. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> so you know the voices. This is Marty, and this is this. Excellent. Thank you for doing that. Um, you guys are experiencing a bit of a renaissance right now, I would I would say. You've got several shows on the air, several more in the works, a few more that I know are still unannounced. Uh, you don't seem to be slowing down at all. I'm just wondering if you guys are still having fun. Well, definitely. You can't knock us off with a baseball bat, you know? <laughs> we, uh... We love being creative, and uh, even at our age, it, we, it seems like uh, it's all working even better than it did before, you know, creativity. So, Well, I think what we've done now is we're not doing 11 shows at once, only four. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so we're, we're, we're in good shape. It's a little bit easier uh, to handle just four, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, this was, look, what we could have done is ride it out with our residuals, which would have never paid the rent. I told Sid, got to do another one. And he had told me a few years back, he said, we got to do a show with kids, puppets, and dogs. He said, it will never miss. <laughs> I remembered that when I ran into Cesar Milan, who inspired this, you know, uh, we don't use his kind of dogs, uh, but... Uh, and he does all different things. You know, ours are many tricks and stuff. So we created this show, and uh, the rest is history. It's a big hit, number one in its time period, across the board. And uh, we're happy with it. We've got great people. I have a showrunner, uh, Bradley Zweig. When Bradley did uh, Said the Science Kid and Yo Gabba Gabba, so we... We, took, we captured him, and he's been great. Uh, and let's face it, you're only as good as the people you have around you. Also, you know, the other day somebody said to me, my God, I love, love the show. I watch it all the time. And they said, it's a great little kid show. And I said, a little? Come on the set. It takes 125 people, you know, in the staff. Holy cow. And... Uh, it's a huge, huge production. Yeah. Well, of, of all the shows that you've got going on right now, you know, Mutton Stuff is it's one of the few original shows. It's not a, you know, a reboot or whatever you want to call it of a show that you've had before. Uh, do you hope to do more original shows? Well, absolutely. But you know what? You can't discount our, our library. Sure. Because I don't know, there, there's such renewed interest in it, you know, we're working on possibly Land of the Lost as a TV show. And, uh, of course, you know, Electric Woman and Diner Girl, is it uh, uh, at Legendary? Mm -hmm. It's on iTunes. And, uh, and, you know, Amazon, we've got Sigma and the Sea Monsters. So, you know, these shows may be old for, you know, adults, but for kids. They've never seen them before. Exactly. And I'll tell you something that's really amazing. And we, we look at each other 
when every year we go to Comic-Con and, you know, it's standing room only. We've been there since the beginning and these are adults. They're not kids. I, ne I hardly ever see any kids in the audience and they come every year and they freak out. <laughs> As a matter of fact, a guy got up at the end of this last year when we do the Q&A and he said, I've been here since Thursday. Our panel was on Saturday. He said, I've been to every big panel with all the big studios, the movie stars. This was m the most fun, and it was worth coming down to San Diego yeah. just to hear you guys yeah. and, you know, and experience the, what we grew up with. You know, with, with uh, Martin stuff, which is new, we do about, I would say, we're preschool, but we do kids up to, I don't know, high school age, and we, we get about 200,000 adults a week. So that is, you know, that's, yeah. we don't know where they were. I'm sure they knew about it. <laughs> well, you mentioned this, you know, this, I guess, rabid fan base, if you want to call it that, you know, these people who are mostly adults now, but... A lot of kids are getting introduced to these properties for the first time. They're but, bringing them in. Exactly. But if you look back at your catalog and, and the shows that you've done, so many of them are steeped in this 1970s sensibility and style and, and the look. Why do you think that they're still so popular today? Is it just nostalgia or is there something else there? Well, I think if it's good in the 70s, it's good in the 80s, <laughs> 90s. It's good now. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really amazing <clears throat> to Marty and myself how people not only remember the show, they can sing the theme song. Mm -hmm. They know every character. Why did they take all that with them all these years, you know? Uh, uh, two Saturdays ago, uh, Sag, you know, the famous artist at his gallery, he did a, an incredible piece of art on Puffin stuff. And, you know, he does a lot of Disney stuff. Well, when we arrived, we couldn't believe it. They were standing in line for three solid blocks. Wow. They printed out 150 uh, uh, prints, and they sold that night. They sold... A hundred. They were going, if they were framed, they were going for a thousand dollars a piece. Wow. Now, I got to tell you the truth. Those three blocks of people, yeah. they were all relatives of them. <laughs> <laughs> Only kidding. Well, I mean, you guys, you say you go to Comic-Con every year, and I'm sure you hear a lot from the fans. What are you hearing from the fans? Like, what show has the highest demand to, to be brought back? Well, I think what I, we always hear different ones. Yeah. You know, Bigfoot and Wild Boy. Are you bringing back Dr. Shrinker? You know, so are you going to bring back, uh, well, we are bringing back Electric Women and Dying right. Girl. We did that. But, you know, I, I think that what we're thinking about is, you know, we're taking it slow. Yeah. Well, each one has their favorite. You know, it says, oh, my God, I love Lidsville, or... You know, you hear all kinds of things, like Marty said, from the fans. But I think the big one was the first one, our first baby. 
and it's HR puffing. Sure. You know, witchy booze and yeah. uh, Freddie the Flute. And so what we're going to do, we are getting phone calls, and we're going to see uh, networks, you know, and, and other places. But we're going to take it easy. Yeah. Take the meetings. But, you know, I told Sid, if we sell one more show, we'll probably be bankrupt, so we better <laughs> Well, this might be showing your hands too much, but if you were to revive Puffin Stuff today, and I'm sure, I, I'm not sure, maybe you haven't thought about this, but who would you want to play Witchy Poo? Well, that, that's a tough one. <laughs> I'll tell you, Billy Hayes is a tough one to be. Exactly. But, you know, I think what we better do first is decide if we're going to do this. <laughs> and uh, once we do that, then we'll get into who we may have a shot with. Yeah. But, you know, look, there could be Cindy Lauper. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> right. She's a friend of ours, and she's always wanted to work with us, and she has in the past. Yeah, that would be amazing. I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, you guys have, have had a lot of success, obviously, and you're continuing to have a lot of success with the shows now. But I'm curious about the role that you see for puppets and puppet-centered shows that can, you know, in entertainment today. Um, it's what you've obviously built your careers on. But at the same time, it's it seems like it's a it's never been more difficult. I mean, even the Muppets couldn't keep their show on the air. So, you know, well, like you know, you're right. First of all, if you have a show that stars all the puppets, yeah, that's real risky. Yeah. We've done now, they are secondary characters. They are very funny. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the Muppets go, I felt bad about that. I think they just took the wrong direction. Yeah. All they had to do was just do what they did. Exactly. You, know, you have a, a script, great talent, great writers, and you know, you just have to have the same things that you had before. And uh, But I think what the puppets are right. Yeah. Don't overuse your puppets. Yeah. We know that. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that's that's really good advice. I mean, just to have yeah, instead DC of... In Follies, DC Follies should have been going right now with what's happening out there with Donald Trump. And, mm. you know, and, uh, and we talked about it, but really didn't do anything about it when all this craziness was going on because nobody thought... It was going to last yeah. this long. Yeah. You know? And, uh. Well, we're going to wait till the next election. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, there will no, be one. <laughs> yeah, a, D a new DC Follies for this election season would have been, would have been, oh, that a was, killing. would have been a home run. Oh, Absolutely. God, a to tell you the truth, with all that we have going on, we couldn't pull it off. Yeah. And everybody's real mad at us that we didn't do it again. <laughs> well, I mean, how have you managed to keep it all going? I mean, you guys have been going for almost 50 years, for more than 50 years, I think. And, I mean, everyone else who had been around or who is around, they've either fallen away or they've gone out of business. So how are you guys still going? How we do it. Energy. I show up every day at 7.30 and do the best I can. Sid goes to the gym and stays strong. Great. So we're both fairly strong. And we're, you know, we're in good shape. If we weren't good, if we weren't in good shape, this wouldn't be happening. Yeah. Because we wouldn't want to do it otherwise. We yeah. are hands on, and uh, that's the way it goes with us. That's amazing. I, 
again, you've been in this for so many decades, and I'm sure you've had your experience, a lot of experiences working with networks and sensors and all of that. I'm just curious, are there different hurdles you need to jump through today, or is it pretty much the same stuff with getting a show made? Well, I think some of it is tough and causes problems, and others are great. Yeah. Like Nickelodeon has turned out to be great for us. Really? They just trust us. You know, we delivered on budget, and we delivered a hit show, and the people have been great to us. So that, that worked out good. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I want to hear a great Trump uh, Croft story. Of course. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> when Atlantic City was going down, Marty and myself were in New York, not on, on other business. Uh, I was in my room, <clears throat> and the phone rang, and it was the entertainment director for the hotel in Atlantic City that was going into bankruptcy. And he said, God, I'm so glad in New- you're in New York. Would you guys take a meeting with Donald Trump? Because you got a show that I think could save the hotel. That was, I don't know if you know about Les Poupées de Paris. That was uh, a show that we did that ended up playing to nine and a half million people. Okay. okay, so anyway, what happened was, they, I said, hey, we're only going to be here two days, so set it up quickly. So they did, and Marty was in his room, and I was in mine. We were getting ready to go over to the Trump Tower, and the phone rang, and the guy said, the entertainment director said, God, I'm glad I caught you because the meeting's been canceled. I said, why? He said, because Donald Trump said he doesn't take meetings with people that are not famous and he never heard of you. Oh. <laughs> and so I said, would you please tell him I love him for <laughs> saying that? <laughs> so that was our only experience with Donald Trump. Oh, it could, it could have been a lot worse, right? <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> Did did you ever have to fight for your ideas, even after all the success that you had? Always. You yeah. always have to. Look, always. You're in this business, you're always auditioning. Yeah. If I was a doctor walking down the street and somebody stopped me, they wouldn't say, what are you doing next? But in our business, mm-hmm. that's all they say. Well, I'll tell you our greatest secret that we had in selling shows. We used to have our, after came up with an idea. We would have our art department, and even on staff, we would have maybe a writer or two. And we would lay the show down in this beautiful, huge book. Marty and myself would go into the network. This was the art book with all the art. art And all the characters. We could go in with a script. No, we could tell the story through art. And we'd go in, and the executives would sit around in a circle. Marty and myself would be on the floor with our big book, telling the story, and we never did a pilot. They would always pick it up, you know, from this book. Just from your story. that was our ammunition of selling shows. Because most executives don't read. They have someone else do that. Mm Mm-hmm. But they love to look at pictures, <laughs> like a little kid. Yeah. 
you found the secret weapon. See, that was it, yeah. Well, you know, all the books that we put together, I don't think we have one left. Oh. So we're in good shape. You know, once you, look, once you start, you're on a roll, it does become easier. Yeah. And then we had relationships with, uh, you know, Michael Eisner was my mentor, Fred Silverman. So they, these were the head guys that could make a decision. At that point, you could leave the room with the television show. When we walked in on Donnie and Marie, which was, you know, a prime time, it was the same thing. Yeah. You know, guys would, would be able to say yes or no right there. Today, this is not happening. Yeah. It's a much more involved com uh, process. Well, nobody's, a, everybody's afraid to make the decision. Yeah. <laughs> You know, even the networks, they're not ordering as many mm -hmm. of a new show because, you know, the chances of it being a success, but there's so much yeah. on cable and television. Yeah. It just goes on and on. But the flip side of that is that there are, you don't need to rely on the outlets, on, on the uh, networks right. anymore. There's so many other different me uh, right. ways to distribute content. I mean, like, you've got shows on Amazon and there's Netflix well, and know, there's... That's what we did. Uh, I, I told Sid we got to spread out and go to streaming and that's what we did with Electro Woman that's on iTunes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we kind of stayed in the in the present. Yeah. We're from the past doing the present. Kudos to that. Very good. <laughs> did you ever pitch an idea that the networks just thought was too weird? All of them. All of them, but they but they bought them all. <laughs> yes. When we when we went in with Pink Lady and Jeff, you know, uh -huh. that was weird. And I, uh, Fred Silverman was the president, and the pitch was so much different than the television show because we wanted uh, the next people that viewed the show the next day at the water cooler, I wanted people to say, what the hell was that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that would make them watch it. But he said, no, let's just do a, a variety show and play it safe. But we wanted to do something really weird. I, I Again, though, you know, between then and now, uh, how much has that the production process evolved over the years. Like, so for example, how different the original and the new segment, you know, in terms of costumes and construction and comfort and are, are they really that much different or is it, again, it's kind of the same, the same thing, well, just a different year. You know, the characters are, you know, they're more technological. Uh, things are, things are a lot more today, but you can't change it that much because the bottom line is, it comes back to the story and the characters. Yeah. And they don't care about anything else. Of course, when the kids are watching today, they don't know what it is. Yeah. Never seen it before. And uh, production time, production values, I don't think they're much different. Yeah. We spend as much money doing these things as we always did. Yeah. And uh, we just got to have a show with likable characters. And, uh, Something that's very interesting. Yeah. I don't know another show that's got 23 dogs. <laughs> Five, not animated. So that's been a, a 
big thing. And of course, we have Caesar Milan, his son, the puppy whisperer. Right. Of course, the, the father's the dog whisperer. And, uh, so, look, we've always surrounded ourselves with something unique. Yeah. And I guess that's why we're still breathing. Good for you. So many of the shows throughout your career, though, have dealt with the proverbial, you know, quote unquote, stranger in a strange land. These kids who get magically are teleported or transported to another land where they're the stranger and they're trying to get home and everything is unfamiliar. Was there a reason that you kept going back to that theme? Was it something that you guys related to personally? Well, you know, The Wizard of Oz. It was the very first movie... Well, we were, we're actually different than the Wizard of Oz right. because our kids have never gotten out. Yeah. They've always been stuck in there. Well, you can't let them get out if you want it to continue. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the kids at home want to know why can't they go home, but they're not going to watch it the second season or third season. I mean, the jig is up if mm. you uh, bring the kid back, you know, but... The reason that the shows look the way they, the old shows, look the way they do is because we were against animation. This was the only live action show, starting with Puff and Stuff. We only had $54,000 an episode. Mm. We couldn't do huge, huge sets. So... Uh, it was me and the art department that said, oh, my God, let's make it look like a cartoon because that's what the kids are used to. Just cut out, a cut-out cloud, a painted floor, a cut-out tree, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it all worked. So that's how that all started because of budget. Yeah. Well, to tell you the truth here, we are independent. The only one left probably with a library. And I guess what we did was we owned everything, but we also paid the deficit. So 54000 is what the network gave us. And I think we put up another 50 of our own money. Wow. So we were able to manage to survive. Because surviving is everything. Absolutely. There's only two companies in the business with libraries that have not sold out. One's an elephant. One's a flea. You can guess which one the flea is. <laughs> the elephant is Disney. But everybody else has sold a number of times. So we're proud of that. Yeah, you should be. And, you know, and look, you know, like Sid says, we're, we're about creativity. Yeah. We're never about, you know, a lot of cash. Exactly. Everybody thinks we have a lot, but we do have a lot of puppets. <laughs> and Marty is... So brilliant, I can't, there are no words because he's the salesman, and boy, watch out. <laughs> mm-hmm. When he comes into a room, everybody pays attention to him. And, and it, it was always that way, and it's still that way. He can pick up the phone and call anybody he wants in this town. I mean, you know, we're the only ones left at the at the CBS studio because uh, when they all moved over, uh, they wanted everybody to leave uh, from Television City, uh, you know, in uh, North Hollywood. But they kept us because they said, oh, no, they're legends. They yeah. need to, 
stay in our studio. So we're proud of that. Yeah, as you should be. When you when you're creating new shows, though, I think you kind of touched on this. How much of a challenge is it to stay faithful to the original if it's a if it's a reimagining or a reboot, but also still be relevant to today's kids? Well, when you're creating something like this one, when I'm working on it, or it is, or both of us, we just know when it feels like it's wrong, we don't do it. Yeah. I think we have a good feel for what works. And, we, and our track record showed that. So that's it. Hey, here's so another no, no thing. No matter what, no matter what, the audience is stuck with us because we're going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And here's another thing, you know, why Land of the Lost, the movie, went wrong is because we had no involvement, you know. And we looked at each other, I mean, Marty said it to me many, many times. He said, hey, they're putting up $200 million, just shut up. (laughs) They must, right? Yeah, I was wrong, though. But that's okay. But you know what? There's one thing that our dad always said, never give up, ever. Because if you give up on Tuesday, there is no Wednesday. And Wednesday could have been the day. Yeah, That's great advice. Do you guys, spinning off of that never giving up idea, do you ever think about retirement? Uh, Let's see. No, not me. I don't know what Marty Well, you know, I do, but it won't be in the place that you think. <laughs> if retirement, if you retire and stay home and watch daytime television, you'll be dead in a month. Yeah. Well, this is not anything to do. You know, people at, at my gym always ask me, how come you come to the gym every day? And I always say, because Oprah's not on anymore. There's nothing to do. <laughs> well, I had a different answer. <laughs> he can go to the gym because he knows I'm at work. <laughs> there you go. It's all okay. <laughs> Sid, Marty, thank you so yeah. much for your time. This has just been an absolute pleasure talking to you guys. Hey, and thank you. I loved all your questions. And, well, and then, I hope you liked our answers. I loved your sure answers. You spell, make sure you spell Marty right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for this week on the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. And all I can say is I hope that when I am... 80 you said 87 years old yeah when i'm that old i can still be doing things and making things wouldn't that be so you could, cool you could still be talking to schmoes like us yeah on a podcast. We'll, we'll be podcasting when we're in our 80s <laughs> <laughs> that'll be something i don't even know podcasts will be like in your oh. downloaded in your mind at that point. yeah it's gonna be straight into your cerebral cortex <laughs> <Yeah>. or something <laughs> yeah no it was it was fascinating. It's, it was a, I had a great time talking to them. Um, and uh, it's like every one of their shows had this earworm of a theme song. Mm-hmm. And so if you just go YouTube any one of their shows and watch like the opening credits and uh, you'll see what I mean. It's like it, it's easy to see how that song can get stuck in your head. Um, and just, you know, just in, in preparing to talk to Justin, just talk to you tonight. Um, I think I opened up their website and their website like automatically plays the HR Puffin stuff song. Yeah. And so now I've got that running through my head and I can't get it out. HR Puffin stuff. You're going to be in bed later and you're going to be going. 
You're gonna be I'm not gonna get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't sleep. Puffing stuff. <laughs> no, and that's a testament to uh, what they do, and they're doing it well. You know, it gets yeah. in your head. That's a you know classic great kid show gets in your head and it's tapes there, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for coming by this week. Come back every week and we may be interviewing a living legend at some point. And we do every week. Living legends. We do. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully they're hopefully they're living when we talk to them. <laughs> That's what we called I forget who it was, but we called a guy a living legend. He said, What am I gonna die? It wasn't much yeah. I can't remember. It was somebody like that. <laughs> We're gonna die or something. <laughs> yeah, you don't call somebody a living legend because what's the alternative? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So if you want to connect with us, we love to hear from you. Follow us on Twitter at the GBB Podcast, and I promise we'll follow you back. For now, I promise. For now, we will. <laughs> for now, we get, until we, we get, get too big, if we, we get too just big. Ignore. We'll just blow you off, you know. <laughs> and uh, come find us oh. on Facebook as well. Facebook.com/slash the GBB Podcast. And I am Justin at 140 Justin C. Uh, I'm 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 Jamie at the Roarbots. <laughs> you, remember, you remember, do you? Yeah. I remember, yeah. <laughs> and you've been listening to Great Big Beautiful Podcast. We will see you in a couple of days. Take care. <laughs>